Hello and welcome to this week's Three Shifts edition by Six Pages, the source for far-reaching market shifts and what they mean. It's March 5th, 2021. I'm Eric Thompson, and here are the three shifts that you need to know this week. One, the future of RNA-based vaccines and therapies beyond COVID-19. Two, what are NFTs and why are they booming? And three, automakers commit to phasing out gas vehicles. Shift one, the future of RNA-based vaccines and therapies beyond COVID-19. With messenger RNA, mRNA vaccines now proven in efficacy, Pfizer-BioNTech's vaccine is 95% and Moderna's 94% effective on the early COVID-19 variants, there has been growing energy focused on applying similar techniques to other diseases. mRNA and SARNA, more on this later, are being used to target conditions such as HIV, sickle cell disease, malaria, cancer, liver disease, influenza, cystic fibrosis, myocardial ischemia, and respiratory syncytial virus, or RSV. The pandemic served as a massive testbed for the previously unproven mRNA technology. Despite decades of research, mRNA hadn't been used in any marketed treatment before 2020, and production infrastructure had never been scaled. Traditional vaccine development uses inactivated dead viruses, live weakened viruses, protein fragments, or toxins to elicit an immune response. mRNA vaccines work by delivering a single strand of mRNA that provides instructions to human cells to produce a protein. The role of messenger RNA in the human body is to transport instructions from a gene to the ribosomes that synthesize proteins. mRNA-based COVID-19 vaccines specifically provide instructions to produce just the spike-like protein that the virus uses to enter cells, thereby triggering an immune response. The fragile mRNA strand is then quickly broken down by the body's enzymes. The reason why the two mRNA vaccines were first to market is because, unlike traditional vaccine approaches, mRNA is an information molecule that can be designed within days using the virus's sequenced genome and manufactured synthetically from chemicals, rather than using living cells or chicken eggs. In the case of COVID-19, Chinese authorities released the sequenced genome on January 11, 2020. Moderna scientists finalized the design of its mRNA-based COVID-19 vaccine just two days later, on January 13. The first clinical batch of vaccines were produced 25 days later on February 7. Production at scale can be a challenge for mRNA vaccines, however. The process involves coding a fragile single string of mRNA, which is less stable than two-string DNA, in protective fatty lipid nanoparticles, which relatively few suppliers are equipped to handle. There is also currently a shortage of a specialty component lipid called ionizable cationic lipid, which is complex to produce. Furthermore, there are lipid-related patent disputes that are a complicating factor as well as potential bottlenecks in the supply of other ingredients, for example, nucleotides, DNA plasmids, and synthetic capping agents. Despite these challenges, mRNA platforms have the potential to be transformational. Previously, the fastest vaccine in history was the mumps vaccine in the 1960s, which took four years. In contrast, Pfizer and Moderna's vaccines received FDA emergency authorizations in under a year and were manufacturing even before that. Also, assuming no changes to the lipid nanoparticle delivery system, new mRNA vaccines can be developed rapidly to address new variants. Both Pfizer and Moderna have said they can develop new booster mRNA vaccines, 
for instance, to address seasonal strains, within weeks. Post-pandemic, the enthusiasm for mRNA applications and expected continued private and public sector investment will likely help alleviate production issues. In January 2021, Moderna announced three new vaccine development programs targeting the seasonal flu, HIV, and Nipah virus. Phase 1 clinical trials of the flu and HIV vaccine candidates will begin later this year. It also plans to explore vaccines and therapeutics for cancer, ischemic heart disease, Zika, Epstein-Barr, RSV, and avian bird flu, among others. Moderna is touting the ability of its mRNA platform, trademarked mRNAOS, to create new vaccines in exactly the same way as its COVID-19 vaccine, with only the order of nucleotides varying. A group of Yale researchers were recently granted a U.S. patent in February 2021 for the research on a malaria vaccine. The approach uses saRNA, self-amplifying RNA, instead of mRNA. saRNA, like mRNA, provides instructions on how to produce the antigen protein, but also provides instructions to reproduce itself. As a result, saRNA can be effective at much lower doses. The group is working with Oxford to begin testing in human challenge trials. In addition to the above, in the 32 RNA-based COVID vaccines under development, other notable RNA-based treatments being explored include Intellia Therapeutics' liver disease therapy that uses RNA to deliver CRISPR scissors to cut out the problematic gene from DNA. Human tests began in November 2020. Arcturus Therapeutics' work on liver, respiratory diseases, and the flu. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation's investments in sickle cell disease, flu, malaria, HIV, and tuberculosis in partnership with Novartis, Greenlight Biosciences, CureVac, and others. GlaxoSmithKline's collaboration with CureVac on a multivalent mRNA COVID vaccine, and Sanofi's mRNA partnership with Translate Bio on new disease targets. To read more content related to vaccine development, check out our October 30th, 2020, Three Shifts edition, When is a COVID-19 Vaccine Coming and Who's Leading the Race? In our July 31st, 2020, Three Shifts edition, a rundown of the COVID-19 vaccine race and its frontrunners. Shift 2. What are NFTs and why are they booming? Sales of non-fungible tokens, NFTs, which quadrupled last year to about $250 million, have recently been on an even bigger tear. Last week, a piece of video artwork by digital artist Beeple, represented by an NFT, sold for $6.6 million, the highest known price for an NFT to date. This week, Singer-artist Grimes auctioned off 10 NFT-based pieces of crypto art for a collective $5.8 million. NFT sales exceeded $380 million in just the past month, signaling an accelerating pickup in the asset class's popularity. NFTs, which have been around for years but started picking up steam around 2017, are essentially unique digital assets that are authenticated on a blockchain. An NFT functions as a sort of digital signature that can be used to publicly verify and establish provenance for original and unique media products, distinguishing them from identical copies in other media. Unlike cash or gold, NFTs are non-fungible, meaning they are not identical or interchangeable with other tokens. NFTs are typically hosted on the Ethereum blockchain, although other blockchain networks, for example NEO, Tron, and EOS, have since developed similar standards for NFTs. NFTs are being used to attribute ownership to a diverse array of digital assets, such as art, sports cards, NBA video highlights, digital sneakers, rights to a name, 
and virtual real estate. For instance, a video of a LeBron James dunk recently sold for $208,000, while a plot of digital real estate in the game Axie Infinity sold for $1.5 million. The thesis behind NFTs is that an individual entity can own an original work of digital media or other unique digital asset that maintains its scarcity in value. Others can see the digital artwork, but only that individual entity is certified as its true owner with the exclusive rights to sell it. Once an asset is uploaded, those rights are indestructible and indivisible, though they can be sold. Demand for NFTs is being driven by collectors, who see them as a novel source of exclusive ownership, investors, who seek capital gains from growth and demand and potential for resale, and gamers, who want exclusive assets within games and or the ability to earn rent or dividends from those virtual assets. Digital assets are sometimes paired with physical assets. For example, digital sneakers with real sneakers, which can help lure the broader public into greater familiarity and participation in NFTs. People are also doing the opposite, turning physical assets into unique digital assets by burning the original artwork. The format gives creators the ability to sell and profit from their work directly, giving rise to a new category of crypto careers. Beeple, for instance, was a graphics designer who has since become the best known of a new breed of crypto artists. Creators can even capture royalties on the secondary market, depending on how the programmable contract is structured. Beeple, for one, receives an industry standard 10% each time an NFT is resold. Creators can also retain a higher proportion of profits by selling digital works directly to buyers rather than going through an auction house or distributor. There are over 40 NFT platforms and marketplaces and growing. Those with over $10 million in sales over the past month include NBA Top Shot, over $250 million, CryptoPunks, over $85 million, Hashmasks, over $25 million, and Sorare, over $10 million. Traditional auction houses are also getting in the NFT game. Established auction house Christie's is currently holding its first ever digital-only auction and taking Ether as payment for the first time. The digital artwork, one of Beeple's, has already reached over $3.5 million in bidding. It's not clear whether NFTs are a bubble or just a new form of collectible for the digital age. It's possible they are both, and more. We're likely to see NFTs persist in some form given the fundamental human interest in ownership of scarce assets, as well as a durable market for physical collectibles. The human drive for status, which can come with collectible ownership, also comes into play, particularly with assets that can be used in virtual immersive worlds. It'll be interesting to watch how owners of other kinds of digital collectibles find ways to show off or otherwise derive status from their possessions. As digital collectibles flood the market, it may be harder to sustain the price levels we've seen recently more broadly. The value of NFTs might become more closely tied to any underlying tangible assets and or become more reliant on experts and influencers to assess value. Beeple, for instance, was already Instagram famous before he sold NFT art. Even in the real world, a bull discovered in a yard sale only becomes a rare 15th century Chinese artifact once an expert has said so. The use cases for NFTs will be broader than just collectibles. Blockchain's promise has always been about how we establish trust and apply it in market transactions. NFTs' ability to allow creators to retain a form of equity and enjoy revenue streams from secondary sales has applications for music and other types of digital work. Auction houses, distributors, and other middlemen, on the other hand, may not do so well. 
NFTs can also have relevance for digital IDs and other forms of digital access. For example, events, experiences, and resources. To read more content related to blockchain and digital assets, check out our February 19th, 2021, Three Shifts edition. Traditional financial institutions are embracing crypto. And our October 30th, 2020, Three Shifts edition, PayPal, Coinbase, and JP Morgan Chase push cryptocurrency further into the mainstream. Shift three, automakers commit to phasing out gas vehicles. Volvo announced this week that it plans to sell only all electric vehicles by 2030, becoming the latest large automaker to commit to phasing out internal combustion engines. Manufacturers, including GM, Ford, Jaguar Land Rover, and Volkswagen Audi, are overhauling their vehicle lineups in response to growing consumer demand for EVs and a spate of announcements by governments regarding coming bans of gas-powered vehicles. Volvo had previously committed in 2017 to phasing out gasoline-only cars, selling all-electric and hybrid, by 2025, which it still expects to accomplish. Volvo, which has seen a surge in demand for its EVs, just unveiled the second EV model under its nameplate, the C40 Recharge. Volvo's XC40 Recharge compact SUV, its first EV, the C40 Recharge, and Polestar 2 EV brand are all built on the compact modular architecture platform for EVs co-developed with Chinese sister company Geely. Volvo's EVs will only be sold online, a departure from the dealership model. GM announced in January 2021 that it would stop selling internal combustion vehicles by 2035. The automaker has aggressively ramped up investment in EVs since launching the Chevy Bolt in 2016. It plans to dedicate $27 billion to electric and autonomous vehicles and launched 30 EVs by 2025, some for less than $35,000. GM's Ultium lithium-ion battery, which will be in production this year, is reportedly close to price parity with gas-powered vehicles. GM also announced BrightDrop, an EV-powered delivery spinoff, in January. Ford said in February 2021 that it will phase out all gas-powered passenger cars in Europe by 2030 in addition to targeting two-thirds of its commercial van and truck sales in the region to be all-electric. It will invest $1 billion to convert its factory in Cologne, Germany to manufacture EVs, as part of a broader pledge to double planned EV investment to $22 billion through 2025. It unveiled its second major EV, the e-transit van, in November 2020, following its successful Mustang Mach-E. Jaguar Land Rover, which has lagged its peers on the EV front, announced in February 2021 that all Jaguar vehicles would be EVs by 2025 and 60% of its Land Rovers would be electric by 2030. It only has one fully electric car, the Jaguar I-Pace SUV, so far, and the first all-electric Land Rover is planned for 2024. Looking ahead, Jaguar plans to invest $3.5 billion per year in EV technologies and increase EV technology collaboration with parent Tata Motors. Lastly, Volkswagen had previously said in 2018 that 2026 would be its last year of product development on its gas-powered vehicle platform, although not necessarily the last year it produces or sells gas-powered vehicles. More recently, in January 2021, its Audi luxury brand revealed it would make only EVs within 10 to 15 years. Governments around the world are establishing timelines for banning new sales of gasoline-only and or internal combustion vehicles including Norway, the Netherlands, Denmark, Sweden, 
Iceland, Slovenia, Ireland, Scotland, the UK, France, Spain, Israel, Canada, Singapore, Costa Rica, China, and Japan. In the US, Massachusetts recently joined California in banning fossil fuel-powered cars by 2035. In addition to changing policy and regulation, much of the urgency by traditional automakers is driven by growing global consumer demand, especially in Europe, in combination with the success and sky-high valuations of all-electric upstarts like Tesla and Rivian. Hyundai recently reported that it expects global EV demand to be up 30% compared to last year. Traditional internal combustion vehicles and hybrids are not going away completely anytime soon, but we'll see over the next few years a significant step up in electric vehicles as a proportion of new car sales and the overall fleet. At this point, virtually all of the major automakers have come forward with an EV strategy, even the laggards and skeptics. There's now a clear pathway towards breaking down the three key barriers to consumer EV adoption, vehicle range, price, and charging infrastructure. To read more content related to EVs, check out our January 7th, 2021 brief, Breaking Down the EV Barriers, Vehicle Range, Price, and Charging Infrastructure. In our October 2nd, 2023 Shifts Edition, California effectively bans the sale of new gas-powered cars starting in 2035. That's it for this week's Three Shifts Edition. If you'd like to read more content and you're not already subscribed, Head to sixpages.com to sign up for free summaries of our deeply researched briefs and the three shifts edition straight to your inbox. Keep an eye out for our upcoming brief on private 5G networks and talk to you again on next week's three shifts edition. <laughs>